here's the purpose to use what you do best, to do work you love, to produce results that matter to you. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short, and to stop sitting it out, and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full time, because it's not just about business, it's about contribution, it's about meaning. That is what we seek that is what we truly want and you absolutely are here to serve the world and I want to help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you and every single week we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way to help you be more successful to help you be the truest expression of you my name is Kathy Heller I'm so glad that you're here let's dive in Thanks to ShipStation for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. With ShipStation, your small business can now access the same rates usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies without the contracts or commitments. Use my offer code DREAMJOB to get a 60-day free trial, just enough time to handle the holiday rush. Also, thanks to Canva Pro. Canva Pro is a design platform that empowers you to create and share stunning content in just a few clicks. Get a free 45-day extended trial by going to canva.me slash dreamjob. We're also supported by Movement. Movement broke all the rules when it comes to making watches with fair prices, unexpected colors, and clean original designs. If you want to elevate your look with style that doesn't break the bank, shop Movement's biggest sale of the year before the rest at mvmt.com and use code dreamjob at checkout. And thanks to Purple. Only Purple mattresses have the super stretchy, ultra squishy material that adapts and flexes around pressure points and doesn't retain heat. Get 10% off any order of $200 or more by going to purple.com slash dreamjob10, promo code dreamjob10, terms apply. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So last week I did this incredible workshop. It's called The Happiness Habit. And I have to say, it was probably the best thing I've ever taught. It was seriously on a whole nother level and I wanted to share it with you guys. So if you go to kathyheller.com slash happy, you can watch part of it for free. Um, I think you're going to enjoy it so much. And then if you want to watch the entire two hour workshop and you can also get the workbook, you can get it for like 20 something dollars. Go check it out. I think that it will really be a game changer. And again, that's kathyheller.com slash happy. Go check it out and then DM me once you watch it and let me know how you're feeling. And today you guys are in for such a treat because my friend Ken Coleman is back on the podcast. He's a national bestselling author and he's the host of the nationally syndicated The Ken Coleman Show, which is part of Dave Ramsey's network. Last time he came on the show, he was sharing about his story and his talk about his book, The Proximity Principle. It was such a good conversation. So if you haven't heard that episode yet, go check that out too. This time he's here to give us a sneak peek of his new book, From Paycheck to Purpose, The Clear Path to Doing Work You Love, and it comes out tomorrow. So if you want to discover how to do work that gives you both a great income and helps you make a significant impact, then go grab your copy. And go listen to The Ken Coleman Show because he gives out such good advice on how to uncover the role you were born to play. And he basically helps you map out a plan to get you there. Ken is so gifted when it comes to breaking down the steps and pieces that you can achieve the life you want. But what I love most about him is that he has a really big heart and he has a lot of love and enthusiasm. He is like a big ball of sunshine. And I can't wait for you to hear what he has to say. So without further ado, please welcome the wonderful Ken Coleman. Hi, Ken Coleman. Hey. So I heard little birdie told me you read, you wrote in a book that's coming out 
So true. Yeah. So we decided to put together uh, a book that helps people figure out how do I know what I'm supposed to do? And then what do I do once I figure that out? How do I actually get there? So it's like, how do you identify the right mountaintop? And then how do you climb it? Because as you know, Kathy, so many people actually know their mountaintop, but then they never take on the journey of climbing it because it's so freaking scary. So scary to even get started. But that clarity of like, what's my thing is so juicy. And I see that in chapter one, you talk about how clarity is your superpower. And Ken, I have to tell you that you should feel the butterflies in my stomach with the excitement. I just, because I love being around you. So I'm like, ah, I'm so happy they're going to get to hear what you have to say. Because even though I've done 560 something episodes, you stand out to me as someone who just is so passionate and so generous that this topic and you, I'm just so glad you said yes to this assignment of making this your life's work. So let's dive in. Let's talk about this book and let's talk about the wisdom that everybody truly wants to know. So stage one, getting clear on your assignment. What were you born to do? How the heck are we supposed to figure that out? Boy, is that I'm so glad you asked, and it's actually really, really simple. Okay, so we're going to set this up as a metaphor. So we're going to talk about three indicators that every human being has, or three elements, and we're going to look at it like we would a dashboard of our car, right? So we get behind the wheel of the car, we're looking at our oil pressure, we're looking at the, the gas tank, we're looking at whatever. Okay, that's all I look at. I don't even know what the third thing is on a real car. But we're going to look at talent, passion, and mission, okay? So talent. Everybody understands what talent is. This, these are hard skills. And soft skills, I prefer to call them people skills, okay? So we're just talking about this is what I'm good at doing, okay? Hard skills, soft skills. The second indicator or element is passion. This is work you love, okay? Now, some of you are going, all right, Ken, I'm not sure that there is work that I could love. Well, that's just simply not true. Everybody has some task or a role that when you think about it, you get excited. When you're in the middle of it, time seems to stand still. We forget everything else that's going on, and we don't want to stop doing it. It is something that gives us high emotion and high devotion. So that's why I chose the word passion to kind of focus in on that emotional connection to the actual task itself. So that's passion. The third indicator or element is mission. Now, this speaks to results, Kathy. You know this, all work creates a result. And so the disconnect for so many people sometimes is that they don't see a connection between the results they're creating in the workplace and their personal values. Okay. And I'm not talking about right or wrong here. I'm talking about just you value deeply a result so much that you're willing to suffer for it. And so that's where it all comes together talent, passion, and mission. So how do we get clear? Well, when we know what we do best and we know what kind of work we love and we know what results we want to produce, we see how they come into alignment. And so here's the purpose for everybody watching and listening to use what you do best, to do work you love, to produce results that matter to you. I'll say it again. It's so simple. You are on purpose. And by the way, there's tremendous freedom in this statement. As long as I'm using what I do best, talent, to do work I love, passion, to produce results that matter to me, mission, Here's the good news. You are absolutely doing what you were born to do. And it sets you free in that it's not one job. It's not one career path. It's not even one dream job. There are multiple opportunities within 
that framework. And so that's how we get clear. And so you go, okay, Ken, that makes a lot of sense. So how do I translate that into actually finding work? Well, we're going to look to the marketplace. We're going to look out there and go, I read this job description. I get interested in this. Let me see if it matches up with my purpose. Does it allow me to use my talent? Does it allow me to perform my passion? Does it allow me to accomplish my mission? And so that tremendous clarity, Kathy, right there takes all of the mythical decision-making process out of, am I on purpose? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And the answer is, if it's that, the answer is yes. Okay, so this is what is so unique about you. The book that you just wrote is coming out November 9th, I believe. It's called From Paycheck to Purpose. And what you just talked about, and I have done hundreds and hundreds of shows, that piece that you just said about this is mission, right? This is the result I personally care about in the world. That is not the question that kids are asked. Like, oh, I'm supposed to pick something that's cool, right? Like, what wins the popular vote? What will my parents approve of? I'll be a fireman. I'll, you know, I'll be cool like Kim Kardashian. It's like, what result do you want to see in the world? And I was speaking earlier to my students in my podcasting program. We were talking about an interview I just did with Bronnie Ware. And she said, Kath, the number one thing is people saying, I didn't live the life I knew I was called to live, right? I, what would the neighbors think or... What did my uncle want me to be? Or they told me I was good at math. And I think for a lot of people, they live that life of quiet desperation because they're sitting at their desk. They've got a 401k. They should, they're, they're thinking, I should just be grateful. Like I have a job. But is it your job? Are you on purpose? I love how you just said that. Yeah. When you think about work, Kathy, there's two primary emotions around work. And they're in the title of the new book. It's why I titled it From Paycheck to Purpose, because I just wanted to put a book title out that if you had no clue who I was, which is a lot of people, and you just said, okay, what is this book? What is this about? And it's the idea of there's provision. We all need to provide for ourselves or for our family. And then there's contribution, which is purpose. And so if people could start to see work the way you and I see work, and we absolutely are kindred spirits on this, that we were created to work. In other words, we live to work, not work to live. But the, the worldview of work is, it's a four-letter word. It conjures up yeah. uh, all kinds of nastiness. And it's something I feel like I have to do yeah. versus created to do. And, and so I want people to get this because when you realize that you never had to be taught to wonder, why am I here? Like, there's just a couple of things. Like, we never have to teach a kid to say no. You never have to teach a kid to steal a toy from another kid. Like, we just come by all of that, honestly. And nobody has to teach you to wonder, what should I do with my life? So where does that come from? It comes from whatever your view is on faith or, or God or anything. It comes from our soul where deep down we go, I want to make a difference in this world. And so I'm on that crusade to help people realize that that difference is not as hard as you think to figure out. And once you figure out that difference that you're supposed to make, well, then it's a game changer. And you know this too, Kathy. When men and women are on purpose in their life, in their professional life, it affects their relationship life as well. They're better spouses. They're better parents. They're better friends. 100%. And I, I think we all want to know, why am I here? I do believe everybody is given an assignment. Yes. And 
let's talk about how we can actually go from now have some sense of all right so this is the mission right this is what i really care about i really care about fitness I really care about whatever fill in the blank how on earth do i get to be paid to do that so what are the ways that you get yourself in the door to be on yep. Okay, so we talked about Get Clear, and the book very simply unveils the seven stages. This book takes the mythical journey out of the equation, and, and it's no longer, well, a few successful, fortunate souls fell into their purpose. That's a bunch of garbage. You can do it, and the book is unveiling the seven stages. So we talked about Get Clear first. Now we're talking about Get Qualified. And so you know, Kathy, that I love to make things very practical for people to be able to understand, how do I do this? And so there are four qualifying questions that you've got to answer. And when you answer these four simple questions, the plan builds itself. And when you've got a plan, Kathy, it's not so scary. But the reason so many people don't pursue what they were created to do is because of the fear of the unknown. I think the greatest fear in the world. So here are the four questions, all right? What do I need to learn? That's the education question. Okay, and I'm gonna break these down in a second. What do I need to do? That's the experience question. How much is it going to cost? That's the economic question. And finally, how long is it going to take? That's the expectation question. Now, I'll break these down super fast. Uh, what do I need to learn? The education question. So we're talking about do you actually need a degree? Do you need a college degree or, or, or a graduate level degree? You've got to ask yourself that question. Many people assume that you always need to, and that's not always the case. If it's not the only way to do what you want to do, and it's not the best way then why don't you get over yourself and what everybody else is going to think about you and why don't you go freaking get qualified and get a certificate and get after it and go do it. You don't know, always need a degree. So that's the education question. So in order to do what I want to do, what is the base level requirement? What do I need to learn? Now, that leads to the experience question. Kathy, as you know, I have a daily syndicated radio show, Sirius XM, the whole nine yards, YouTube, and I get so many people calling going, Ken, I, I'm applying for all these jobs and they keep telling me I need experience but how do i get experience if i can't get the job and i feel like going you're not applying for the right job like in order to get experience it's called entry level i had to do it to get into broadcasting you have to do it so let's stop going for something where experience is needed and let's go what's the entry level i'm gonna have to do that so what basic experience am i gonna need can i volunteer and get that experience can I take a second job and get that experience? That's next. Then third question is, how much is it going to cost me? So once I look at, okay, I've got to learn this and I've got to do this, and that's going to all take time and money, we want to get to the heart of the money issue. How much is this going to cost me? And then we take that number and we look at our reality and our budget, and then we go, oh, this is probably going to take me two years. Maybe it's going to take me three years. But that leads to the fourth and final question. So how long is it going to take? learning, experience. How long is it going to take? Is it a four-year play? Is it five-year? In my case, it was a seven-year play to get a break in broadcasting, another three years of paying my dues to get the dream job. So for all of you that are going, oh, it's going to take four years, wah, 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 it took me 10. So, you know, the reality is, is that once we know how long it's going to take, we steal our minds and our hearts to be able to stay with it. But notice those four questions reveal everything we need to know to put a plan together. I know what I got to do. I know how much it's going to cost. And now I know how long it's going to take. So now I can get after it. And so we've taken the big monster of the unknown out of the equation. And I want to say two things about this. Number one, this is important because 
on my show, we're primarily talking about going and being your own boss, quitting your job, becoming an entrepreneur. But I had Ramit Sethi on for a second time. And he's like, Kath, not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Like some people just want their dream job. And my husband, you know, was like that for a long time. And there's something to be said for that. So I think it's really important that you make this space for people to say, I do want a job, but I want a job. The other thing I wanted to say is the time's going to pass anyway. Yep. And so what we do is we make this enemy out of something that's like a fallacy. You know, mm. one of my very good friends, Miss Sherry Salata, who is executive producer of Oprah, she then went on to be president of Harpo. She then went on to be president of the OWN Network. She was working as a manager at 7-Eleven and she had done some advertising here and there, couldn't get the job at Leo Burnett, was managing 7-Eleven, got a call from the Oprah show to come in and be a seasonal, just PA, help with a few ad spots maybe. Wow. And within a few short, was given the captain seat. And she said to Oprah, are you sure you're making the right decision? Oprah said, note to self, when somebody gives you a promotion, don't question if that person knows. So Sherry says to her, well, I want to know why you chose me. And in front of four other people on the staff, Oprah writes a little note on the piece of paper, slides it across the table. She opens it up. It says, because you know my heart. Mm. Started to cry. And she said, take the keys and land this 747 for me. Wow. Now, I get chills thinking of that. Yeah. How many people would have said entry level job, seasonal temp at the Oprah show, being a PA. I worked at Leo Burnett. I'm going to go back. I'm going to be an executive. No, no, no. You know what you do, Ken? You get out of God's business. That's what yeah. you do. And you yes. say, this is where I'm called. Ultimately, maybe the sea will split. Maybe if I show up with a full tank of who I am, opportunities are going to come and our mutual friend, Chrissy Wright. I mean, that's the story, right? They were like, hey, can you fill in? And she's like, um, sure. And fills in to do this little speaking tour. And the rest is history. Why don't you just show up for the time, right? Yeah. I think you're, listen, I, first of all, that's an absolutely unbelievable story. But, and yet so believable. Because what I love about your friend is, is that she just said, I'm not going to quit. And if I got to go serve a Slurpee, in order to stay in the game, I'm going to go serve a Slurpee. Can you even believe, I mean. No, but at the same time, I can because it's that person who says, I'm not going to quit on life. I'm, yes. I'm just not. I'm not going to go in a cave and suck my thumb and stay out of the game. I'm going to get back up and getting back up today means I got to get a day job that sucks. But it is that day job at 7-Eleven, watch this, that became the platform by which she was able to step off of into an unbelievable job with the most influential woman on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. And that's called actual humility, right? Like, <laughs> right. This conversation is so good. Before we keep going, I'm just going to thank our sponsors. There are all these gimmicks that promise a great night's sleep, just like use this blanket or this topper. But in reality, it's all lipstick on a pig. If you're sleeping on a terrible mattress, your sleep is going to be terrible. It's really that simple. That's why I recommend sleeping on a purple mattress. That's because only purple mattresses have that gel flex grid. The gel flex grid is amazingly supportive for your back and legs while cushioning your shoulders, neck and hips. 
no matter how you sleep. Unlike memory foam, which remembers everything, purple mattresses bounce back as you move and shift so that you're never going to have this feeling of, oh no, I'm stuck in my own mattress. I love the material of the purple mattress. It's super stretchy and squishy, and I love that it doesn't retain the heat because the last thing I want is to wake up in the middle of the night and be so hot. I hate that feeling. I always consider myself lucky that I don't have problems sleeping, and I think my purple mattress definitely has helped with that. Try your purple mattress risk-free with free shipping and returns. Financing is available too. Getting a great night's sleep starts with having a great mattress. So get a purple mattress. Go to purple.com slash dreamjob10 and use code dreamjob10. For a limited time, you can get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash dreamjob10, code dreamjob10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash dreamjob10, promo code dreamjob10 terms apply. It's already November, which means Black Friday season is officially here. And so is movement's biggest sale of the year. It just so happens to be the biggest sale they've ever had. Every single thing is on sale now for a limited time only, just in time for holiday shopping. Movement has introduced some of their most innovative and premium materials yet this year as well as some of their most epic special edition releases. And this is your first chance to get them for a huge deal. Some of their special releases include the Ocean Plastic Edition watch, which is so cool because it's made from 100% recycled ocean plastic, plus it features a solar powered dial. It's not only sustainable and water ready, but it's also really stylish. I also love the ceramic edition watch, which is white ceramic and it can be really expensive, but movement cracked the code for an affordable and beautiful ceramic watch at an unbeatable price. It has an elevated and unique look that will make it feel like this higher elevated version of yourself. And it contains ultra resistant material that's already used in rockets and other space bound vessels. So it's lighter and stronger than steel. Shop movement's biggest sale of the year before the rest at mvmt.com and use code dreamjob at checkout and get free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash dreamjob. Go to mvmt.com slash dreamjob. I find it so fascinating is, is all the imposter syndrome, right? It's a, it's a bigger pandemic than COVID, right? Everyone's who am I to do this, but then also too big and too good to do a job. You know what I mean? It's like, I, my parents split up when I was in ninth grade. So we didn't have anything living in a little apartment. I had four jobs. I guess I was just, I didn't expect for this like easy street to be rolled out for me. And that was a blessing. Now I want to ask you this in your book, you say something I've never heard anyone say, and I love it. It's in chapter five. You already know everyone you need to know. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it means that the excuse of, I don't know enough people is a bunch of garbage. And it's an excuse and it's garbage. So it's an excuse that we kind of say, well, it's okay for you to just kind of skulk back into the corners of society and not go for it. And it's an excuse to say, eh, I'm doing the right thing and the smart thing because I just don't know enough people. It's not my lot of life to be able to do this. And it's a total lie from the pit of hell. Okay. So here's what it really means. I have callers that will call into the show and they'll say, Ken, I live in a small town. I know what I want to do, but I don't know enough people. And I'll say, okay, great. Uh, Ballpark figure, tell me how many people you know. And they'll say, and I'll say, not just your little small town. I mean, people you went to college with, Facebook friends. Tell me how many people would know your name and would reply to you if you saw them on the street or you send them a message. And they'll say, almost every time, Kathy, this is hilarious. They'll go, 200 people, I think. Okay, okay, great. How many people do you think those 200 people know? And I just sit in there. We were live on national radio. And they'll go, 
on me and they start chuckling. <laughs> Probably 200. I go, I'm terrible at math and I'm pretty sure that's 40,000 people that you have access to. You see where I'm going with this? So I'm illustrating and I'm being absurd in some way on the simple. But the point is, is that this excuse that I don't know of people is a bunch of garbage because within your little sphere of 200 people, okay, and, and sociologists call this our web of connections. Yeah. You can meet more people, but you already know enough people to be able to meet more people. Watch this. You already know plenty of people to meet the right people. So I'm trying to wake people up to this idea that I'm limited by my personal relationships, when in reality, you are empowered by the very people that you know. You just got to get busy. You got to put yourself out there and being okay with somebody saying no or somebody lying to us because they do. They go, oh, yeah, 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 can I connect you? And then they don't do it. Well, guess what? Keep moving. Keep on moving. And so that's what I mean by that statement. You already know everybody you need to know. That's amazing. And I'm sure you and I could sit here for hours and talk about all I was just thinking about. Oh, my God. Yeah. Where in my life did that show up? And it was like for every major breakthrough moment, someone in my life introduced me to somebody else because I put it out there and was all in with like, here's what I'm up. Here's what I'm up. Like, you know, here's what I'm doing. Here's what's up. Here's what, blah, blah, blah. All right. Let me ask you this question because I think what you write in this book, it's in chapter seven and eight, get started on the journey, page four. That is probably the biggest problem is just the not getting started problem, right? The courage to get started. So I'd love to hear how you take a stab at this because no matter how I say it, and people will say, Kath, you're good, you're good. And it's still, there's like 90% of people are like, but not good enough for me to actually start. So how do you encourage people to get beyond the fear of getting started? Yeah. Well, I, I address the fact that there's always going to be these enemies of progress, right? Fear, doubt, and pride. And what I'm trying to do is normalize that unbelievable heart-pounding fear when we get in the starting blocks. And the reality is, is this is where most people stay. They just never quite, the gun goes off. I love the Olympics. We just experienced the Summer Olympics. And it's like the gun going off, you know, pow, and then, Everybody takes off except you, and you're just stuck in the starting blocks. And the reason that we don't start is primarily fear and doubt. There's some pride in this. And so very simply, the, the fear of failure, right? I'm going to fail. I got great news, and I got bad news. The great news is you're going to fail. The bad news is you're going to fail. Like, failing is how we move forward. Like failure, like I remember riding a bike and I'm going, there's no way I learned to ride a bike until I wreck the bike five or six times and go, oh, okay, I got to figure out how to do this. Okay. And so this idea of fear of failing, we got to go, wait a second, the greatest women and men on the planet failed all the time. And it was what they learned from failure that propelled them forward. So we got to start going. Failure is a part of the journey, so let's embrace it, not try to avoid it. Another one is the fear of the unknown. I touched on that earlier. This idea of, I don't know how it's going to turn out. Well, I know. Neither do I. But that's the beauty of the journey. If you know you're headed up the right mountain, which you can be sure of, then the timing at which you arrive at the top, I've never heard a successful person go, Man, this has been a great journey. I wish I'd have gotten there a little sooner. They never say that. They go, <laughs> it was really about the journey itself. 
and I wouldn't change a thing. That's what I hear from very successful people because they, it, it's, it's about the journey itself. And so uh, doubt is the other thing. So fear and doubt are very different. So doubt, so fear is I'm afraid of failure. I'm afraid of what other people are going to say. I'm afraid of rejection. I'm afraid of the unknown. Doubt is I don't think I've got the talent. I don't think I've got the time. I don't think I've got the money. I don't think I've got the connections. We get it. Like, and, and so by the way, fear and doubt, they just hang out on our shoulders right here. And it just it's all the time, just like little demons from the pit of hell. Just all the time. And here's the deal. If you embrace in the start, that these very enemies that you're going to face in the start stay with you the whole time, then it's a lot easier to start to go, oh, okay, so you're telling me fear and doubt are never going to go away? Never. They're never going to go away, but you can swat them away and keep on moving, but they're never going to go away. And so I wanted people to really understand that what I think is, is the number one challenge to people becoming who they were created to be is that they never actually just start. Embrace the suck. Uh, because the first radio show I ever did, I wouldn't want you or anybody else to hear it. First time I did a TV interview, oh my gosh, I wouldn't want you to see that. First time I gave a talk, I wouldn't want you to see that. Not because I'm um, arrogant or I'm uh, vain, it's because I'm so much better now, and that's when I was at my worst. But here's the deal, you don't get to hear unless you embrace the suck and the start. Yeah, it's so great that those are the ways of success, you just like, very directly put it down. I think of watching, and I would encourage you guys to do this if you're listening, is go to Google and watch old videos, early footage of like Jim Henson. And you'll see Kermit is literally like a sock with a rubber band for a mouth. And you watch this guy, he's such a legend, he's such a master and had so much heart and brilliance. And to think that he was standing there on a, some public access with a sock in his hand, and that stock turned into a fortune. I mean, a billion dollar company, licensing deals and lunchboxes and movies. It didn't start that way. It didn't start that way. In fact, every network path up, so he had to actually start the Muppet Show in the UK. And this is before any of the movies or anything like that. But it's so true. And I, I think what you're saying is that we have to tap into the courage, right? The cost of admission is the courage. It's not that all of these people were the people who had the most talent. It's the let's do this messy. Yeah. Okay. You just said something so amazing. I'm going to flip it on you. I'm going to tie it into our conversation and the seven stages of the book. So Jim Henson, he's got a sock and a rubber band and it's Kermit and he's, and it's awful. It's dreadful, but <laughs> Jim's not worried about how awful and dreadful it is. You know what Jim's focused on? He's focused on, I want to entertain a little kid, maybe one little kid who doesn't have any confidence, maybe a little kid who's been abused, or maybe a kid who feels lonely, and I can bring a, a little slice, a sliver of joy, a smile to this kid. And so in that moment, Jim's not worried about what everybody else thinks. He's thinking about his audience. He's using his talent, the imagination, the voice and all that, and he's performing his passion where he's storytelling and connecting and why because he wants to influence a child that's purpose and when we focus on the thing the the thing that we know the role we're supposed to fill that's what gives us the courage to suck because we go i know it's going to get better but if i don't do this thing 
I'm going to shrivel up and die. That's such a great illustration. Oh, and that's so, I love how you just highlighted what's so important about it. It was his mission. And I had three, I have three daughters. I was in labor three times and I made a little playlist for myself. And I always put Rainbow Connection on there because there's a line in the song where Kermit sings, who said that wish would be heard and answered when wished on the morning star? Well, somebody thought of that yep. and someone else believed it. It's so big, right? It's like, for however you were made, it's welcome. So this is the thing, Ken, is that we are all often, we get wrapped in doubt and fear and shame that we too have the capacity to leave a legacy like that. Like, it's not just Jim Henson and Albert Einstein. Yeah. We all have that capacity, and yet we're not on track with that feeling of alignment somehow. We're like brainwashed. It's like constant negative, like pulls the leap, and like the lights go out. Okay, before we wrap this up, I just want to give a shout out to our sponsors. I'm so excited that the holidays are almost upon us. It's one of my favorite times of the year. But if you're running an online store, you know that this can also be the craziest time of the year. You've got inventory to manage, orders to fill, and a growing list of stressed out customers checking in twice a day, wondering whether those last minute gifts are going to arrive on time. With ShipStation, the hassle of shipping out holiday orders melts away, leaving you with happier customers and the freedom to run your business or enjoy some much needed time off. I know that shipping can be such a hassle because there's too many options and there's too many factors and there's so many rates to compare, but I love that ShipStation makes shipping the easy part of running your online store. This way you can focus on the more important things that light you up, like growing your business. You can easily import orders from every sales channel, whether that's Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or your own website, and you can automate just about any shipping task, all from this one easy-to-use dashboard. ShipStation works with all major carriers, international and local, including FedEx, USPS, and UPS. And you even get access to discounted rates that are usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies. So not only is it more convenient, but it helps you save money. No wonder 98% of companies that use ShipStation for a year keep using it as long as they're still in business. It's that good. Make this holiday season a little brighter with ShipStation. Use my offer code DREAMJOB to get a 60-day free trial, just enough time to handle the holiday rush. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top, and enter code DREAMJOB. Ship station make ship happen when i first started working for myself i had no design experience and no budget to hire a fancy graphic artist but thankfully i found canva which helped me get my business off the ground and then upgrading to canva pro elevated my brand on a whole new level canva pro is a design platform that empowers you to create and share stunning content in just a few clicks it's so easy and fast and it's really fun to use my favorite thing about it is that they have thousands of professionally made templates that you can customize and drag and just drop features or you can start from scratch they also have an endless library of beautiful premium fonts photos videos and so many elements that you can just give that personality and style that you're trying to achieve. And you get all of this and more with a Canva Pro subscription. They also have an easy organizing system that allows you to share, edit, and comment in real time. So if you're working on team projects, you and your teammates can unlock Canva Pro for just $12.99 a month. And with Canva Pro's content planner, you're going to save time planning, creating, and posting social media content too. If you saw my team's Canva Pro account, then you'd probably be able to tell that we use it every single day. We make social media graphics to promote my workshops and challenges. We make video clips to highlight the podcast. And we even make amazing workbooks on Canva Pro for my programs. The possibilities are truly astounding and I cannot recommend it enough. Wow your audience with Canva Pro, the easiest way to create presentations. Get a 45-day extended trial by going to canva.me slash dreamjob. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash dreamjob to get your free 45-day extended trial. 
let's keep moving a little bit. You guys have to get this book. They can pre-order the book now, right? Yeah, they can pre-order it now at KenColeman.com. It comes out November 9th. But let's keep going through the book a little bit so they get even more of a taste. So you talk about, in the book, you talk about what are the five qualities that would actually get you promoted? Because we just said Sherry Salata goes from 7-Eleven manager, PA at the Oprah show, see, you know, running the executive producer, like running the whole team. Why did that happen? What's the DNA of that experience? What are the qualities that would get you to rise up and get that promotion that you really want? Yeah, so here, here's the five qualities. Before I list them out, they're all pretty self-explanatory. Understand that if you're a zero on a scale of one to 10 on these qualities, the great news is, is you can become a 10. That's what I want people to understand. I think talent, we're limited, right? I, I can't jump over a piece of paper, so I'm never going to dunk a basketball absent of a trampoline, no matter how hard I work out. I mean, it's just a fact, right? You got to have the fast twitch muscles. I don't have it. Okay, but with these qualities, I can, if I'm a zero, I can become a hero on these, okay? So here are the five qualities. Number one, likability. This is just do people enjoy being in your presence? Are you a kind person. That is pretty simple. The second one is coachable. So the five qualities, likable is one, coachable is two. Now coachable is in two key areas where we become coachable. Number one, instruction, and number two, correction. So are you coachable when, when you step into any gig, um, even if you're, you're an entrepreneur, you know, you've got to learn how to do something. Are you somebody who takes instruction well? And then when you have to get corrected, because we all do at some point, do you take correction well? If you handle instruction and correction well, which means I'm humble, that makes you coachable. All right, number three, and this is kind of fun, uh, reliable. Now, this is like, what, what makes a person reliable? Very simple. People can count on you. You show up when you say you're going to show up. You do what you say you're going to do. That makes you reliable. Okay. And so when we can be reliable, people are going to count on us more and more and more. And that helps us be promoted. Number four, this was the number one skill that hiring managers were looking for in 2020, according to LinkedIn. And this will come as no surprise. Adaptable. Adaptable. Like, has there ever been a time in our lives where we had to adapt more or we were forced to adapt in 2020? And so adaptability just means I'm open to change. It's more of an attitude. I think being adaptable is an attitude that says, when I am needed to change, I'm going to change. Yeah. I don't have to like it, but I got to do it. Yeah. And then the final quality is honorable. And this is all about integrity. Are you an honest person? Do you treat people the way they should be treated? We're talking about honor, a kind of an old word that nobody talks about anymore. So those are the five qualities, likable, coachable, reliable, adaptable, honorable. Here's the good news. When you take assessment of yourself in those areas and you develop yourself in those areas, get feedback, get coaching on it, strive to be better. Let me tell you something. There's nobody that's going to hold you down for very long. Yeah. And you know what's so important? I think that we love the words, you know, freedom and we want to feel expressed. And so people sometimes actually cut off their nose to spite their, their face Sarah Bareilles was asked, was hired by the team at Waitress to write that musical. I imagine she had to take input. Lin-Manuel Miranda, right, when he works on Moana, 
Name any person. And even if you're either working on a team, you're working for someone else, or you're an entrepreneur and you have a client or you have a student or someone you're coaching and they ask you for something and they need something from you, it doesn't make you less than to want to take your feedback, to want to be adaptable and all of that. Since the beginning of time, the most successful people understood that we're still going to use our gifts and our talent, but that radical empathy, that being able to take our gifts and give them to someone else, that is why it actually works as a business. If it's a hobby, fine. Don't take any feedback. Make anything you want. If nobody's interested, it doesn't matter. If your, your show Friends was just greenlighted by the network, you might care what NBC has to say about where Ross is going in this season. It's probably important to look at the way the viewers are responding to Joey's character and whether or not you want to write something different rather than saying, no, 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 no. We don't, none of that, right? None of that. I think, Ken, that really gets missed. I think people think it's one or the other. Either you're lucky to make a lot of money and not have to care a damn about what anyone else wants, or you're just, you're just one of those unlucky schmoes who either you make little money or you work someone else and you're a sellout. You got paid by life. I don't know that people get that there is an overlap constantly. It should be about you doing you the best and that it gets deposited and contributed in a way somebody else feels that they can receive it. And that doesn't seem to get taught. No. Right? Have to go. No. And you make a great point. We don't teach contribution. You know what we teach? We teach paycheck. We teach safety. So here's what's happening. The American education system, and I'm all for education, so I don't want anybody to get too offended. But again, I'm going to say it really clearly so no one can take me out of context. The American education system is unintentionally creating test takers, not pathfinders. Because everything is about the testing and memorize, 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 and we're going to test you as opposed to exploring, exploring their talent, exploring passion, exploring mission. And by the way, we're going to be teaching it. We've got a get clear career assessment that assesses those three areas, talent, passion, mission. People can get it at KenColma.com. Take you 20 minutes. It's much more delineated than strength finders, which I think is great. It just talks about talent only. But see, talent alone is not enough. Because it's, it, we long for meaning. We humans long to matter, and we long to matter to somebody else. And so the passion mission piece is so powerful. But if we begin to teach kids, hey, there's a unique contribution that you are created to make, and when we can help you figure that out, you'll make enough money. Now, notice I said I didn't say a lot of money. Maybe you will make a lot of money. Maybe you won't, but enough money. And I want to brag on what I believe is one of the greatest demographics in our working society, and, that are, and those are teachers. Ramsey Solutions, who I work for, we did the largest study of net worth millionaires that's ever been done, 10,000 net worth millionaires. The third largest group, Kathy, were school teachers. The median, okay, that means the middle of the top and the bottom across the country, the median salary for teachers is $60,000. So how can school teachers be net worth millionaires? because they were disciplined and they saved their money, they lived on less, all the things. 
But the reality is the reason they were able to do that is because of a deep abiding passion for instruction and teaching. And their mission is to influence the future generations. And when you get that, you realize, wait a second, is the American dream status or success or dollars? Or is the human dream about significance? And I would suggest to you that we all long for significance. We are significant, but we long to make a significant contribution. And that's the game changer right there. That's the game changer. And that's where success is ultimately measured. It's love of the contribution. That's so amazing. I just want to give a shout out. My daughter goes to project-based innovative school and her teacher, my oldest, is Ben Salk, whose grandfather was Jonah Salk, who created polio vaccine. And I said, I've been told, because all of the other teachers talk about what a love he is. I said, and I can imagine that the genetics are pretty good. And it's amazing that you decided to be a teacher. And he said, well, this is what my grandfather taught me, is that this matters, right? These are jobs that matter. And yeah, he's like goodwill hunting. He could have done anything. Just speaking about like contribution and meaning, <laughs> legacy, I just think it all just reminded me you said that because he is my daughter's teacher and I'm so grateful. Yes. And so the last two parts of your book, getting your dream job and giving yourself away. So one question about each of them. So how do you tell the difference between the dream and the mirage? Mm. Yeah, so good. Well, I got to tell you, the, the, the dream is incorporating all three elements that we talked about in Get Clear. It's where I'm actually showing up every day and I'm using my talent, what I do best, to do work that gives me incredible joy and produces a result that deeply connects to my values. Anything outside of that is a mirage. For instance, dream job that's actually a mirage is big brand name company, stock options, 401k out the wazoo, all the things that we think are so great. And I got a great corner office and I get to tell my friends, I work for company XYZ and they're really well known and all the things. Then you get in there and you realize the culture is awful and they treat you like you are a piece of meat and your leader's toxic, your team's a disaster and they're just kind of moving you in and out like you're an assembly line. That's what I mean by a mirage. The dream is, wait a second, it's not about my location, it's about the vocation. I feel so much pleasure. I'm a fan of everything old. I'm a history nut, I like old cars. I'm just, I'm a little bit of an old soul. And one of my favorite movies of all time is Chariots of Fire. And every time I throw something out like this, I always feel old, so I don't know how old your audience is, but like it's a classic movie and you can go look it up but there's, there's a part in the movie where the main character, Eric Little, who's a real guy, a real runner for England's track team, and he's torn. He and his sister have been called to be missionaries in China, and yet he's this unbelievable runner, and he makes the Olympic team. And so he's telling his sister in this scene, he's telling her, I'm going to run on the Olympic team. Well, that's going to delay their journey to China, and she's all put out by it. She's like, we're supposed to go to China. We're supposed to be missionaries. And he's like, and he's explaining it to her, and he looks at her, and he says, Yes, my purpose is to be a missionary in China. And then he says, but God made me fast. And then he says, my favorite line in the movie, I get goosebumps every time I tell it. He goes, when I run, I feel his pleasure. And so I'm going to tell you that the dream job is that there are going to be hard days. 
There are going to be difficult people. There's going to be all kinds of challenges. But when you're in the midst of that work, you feel God's pleasure. And for those of you who aren't a, a person of faith, let me give you some more anecdotal evidence here. Uh, not anecdotal. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. He did a TED Talk on the state of flow. And he basically has done 30 plus years of research. And he, he likens what I've been talking about, this, this story of I feel his pleasure. He calls it flow because he, he compares it to ecstasy. And this is not a sexual thing. This is an emotional and mental ecstasy. And the research bears it out. And that's how you know it's the dream job, is that even in the hard days and all the things, that you'll show up and you'll still do it. You know, you and I are both in this content space and, and everything else. And I, when I developed this methodology for my own journey, the reason I stuck with the word passion for work you love is because the root word in the Latin is pati, P-A-T-I, and it means to suffer. Now, let me tell you something. When you're willing to suffer waiting, you're willing to suffer a long educational path, you're willing to suffer starting that business and failing, you're willing to suffer multiple prototypes, you're willing to suffer tons of rejection like our friend Sarah Blakely. When you're willing to suffer for something, you know that you love it deeply. Just like we're parents, there's no amount of suffering that we would not go through, even death, for our kiddos. And that kind of love for your work and your mission is possible because it's already put inside of us. So that's, that's my take on that. That's how you know it's a dream job. It's not about all of this other stuff. That's a mirage. It's about am I doing work that I love that is producing a result that makes me cry if I were to sit and just soak on the privilege to do this kind of work. That's so incredible. I heard Tom Petty talk about how when he would come off stage, he'd have to go into his hotel room and just pace the floor for about an hour. <laughs> talk about flow state. And he said, something was playing me, right? Yes. Like if God's the author on the pen, he goes, I don't even know what it is. I don't know what you want to call it, but not even conscious of how I'm playing the guitar or how I'm singing these songs or how I'm remembering it's just happening. So he had to like pace for an hour to come down off of that high. That's how high he was and he wasn't wasted, right? So it's, it's so important to, to touch that in your life. Um, and the last chapter you talk about, I love the way you say this, give yourself away to work like no one else. And then expanding your vision. Let's just close with that because I think that there's so much juiciness in that. What do you mean by that? Yeah, you know, in the book, we, we talk about the six stages and we use throughout the book the mountain metaphor. And the reality is, is from stage one to stage six, our view is we're looking up. But when we finally get into stage six and we're in stage six and seven at the same time, get the dream job, give yourself away. Here's what happens. You're looking up the whole time. Then when you get on top of that mountain, your view changes. Now you're looking out. And that's what I mean. You know, I, I as you know, in the book, I source Sir Edmund Hillary, the first man to climb Mount Everest. And he gets to the top and it's recorded that he's up there with his climbing partner, Sherpa. And they're up there taking it all in. And as he begins to look out, he sees another mountain range. And within minutes of getting to the top of Mount Everest, no other human's done it. He goes, that's where we're going next. If we know the rest of his story, he also became the first man to ever go to the North and South Poles. 
And yet the thing he said he was most proud of, and we document this in the book, is the thing he was most proud of is how he funded and created essentially a, you know, a nonprofit or a fund to help care for the Sherpas in that area. And that was his greatest legacy. And so the idea here is that we are not working for us. It's back to that initial idea. So the reason I went get, 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 because we're, we're making progress, but at the end, it's about giving ourselves away. And here's the deal. It's no longer about income. You have enough money. It's not about notoriety. It wasn't that for Hillary. I mean, it doesn't get more notable than that dude when it comes to human exploration. And, and what it really was about was contribution, leaving a legacy. And so that's why we call it give yourself away. You get to that point and it's about doing what you were just created to do. And you look back, hopefully we all get to that old age. And uh, in my mind, I don't know if God's going to give me this, but you know, I think we all want to be able to look back on our life and say, that was fun and reminisce, not regret and reminisce on the contribution you made to the lives of others. You'll notice in this entire conversation and not one page of this book will you hear me talk about how much money you can make. Now, you can make plenty, and I'm all for you making a ton of money. In fact, I'd say that these seven stages will lead you to the point where you'll make more money than you've ever made in your life. But it's not about money. It's about meaning to see that you mattered in the lives of others. So that's why we call it the last stage, give yourself away, because it is an active investment in others. I love it. And it reminds me of our friend, Bob Goff, and <laughs> make lists every day of what he could give away. Like today, like, can I give away that blender I'm not using? What about my time? Where can I volunteer? Oh, my neighbor left his trash can out. He's away for four days. I'm going to just bring it in. I'll keep bringing it in anyway, even though he's back from his trip. Like this dude is just all day long. He said, Kathy, it's so amazing when you raise your hand and you're like, I'm available. I'm available. How else can I be available? He goes, I get then all these opportunities. You can go, hey, Bob, want to go to Africa? Bob, want to start school in the, you know, this part of town? Hey, what are these? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just like, sure, I'll get a shuffle. Sure, I can show up. Like, I think it's amazing how we sit and we think that we're supposed to think our way to like the most incredible breakthroughs of our life and most incredible opportunities. And when you literally just raise your hand and say, you know what, God, put me in, I'm available. Like a taxi with the light on, like that means you can you know, <laughs> That's right. get it. be available every single day. And you just start being generous. Oh my God, my neighbor, she's alone. I'm gonna go leave a little cake by her door. What's going to happen in your life? Talk about expanding your vision. The things that are going to happen. I get this comment all the time from my colleagues. My peers like, I just feel so good when I'm with you. You're so nice. You're so kind. And then the next thing I know, I'm being asked to do things or collaborate on projects. So many, I, I don't even possibly have the time to say yes to everything. That's how many opportunities come from genuinely just being like, what can I do? Away? You know, she's, she's got this happening. Let me introduce her to this person. You guys, everyone who's listening right now, there's so much that you can give of yourself. And when you do, you'd be amazed. You never have to even worry about what's in it for you. It's like people just, they're just blown away, you know, and, and you've lived your life like that. So I love that you talked about all of this stuff. And I love that you wrote this book. Is there anything else you want to say if somebody's sitting here and they're thinking, Ken, you're so kind, you're so inspirational, but you don't really know me. Like, I don't really have a gift. And I don't know. I think that you don't know my circumstances. And 
I don't think this really is possible at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, I would say that I politely and respectfully disagree with you. And I would say that you were created. That means you have talent underneath all the crap that's happened to you. Maybe what somebody's done to you said to you, you still have something to offer in the way of talent. And then I know that there's something somewhere underneath all that pain that lights you up. And I would also suggest to you, if you're a person right now that feels like you're buried under the weight of pain that someone else has caused you, and they have either told you or done something to you that make you feel as though you have nothing to give, I got to tell you, out of that pain will come tremendous, tremendous contribution. And I will tell you that out of that pain, a mission is waiting for you because you have survived the pain. You're watching this. You're listening to this right now. You survived. That tells me that you've got something to offer. And I would tell you what I tell everybody every day on the show. You were created to fill a unique role. You were needed. You must do it. And I would finish by soft quoting. I'm going to miss some of it. But what I believe may be the most powerful words that Martin Luther King Jr. ever uttered. He's known for his I have a dream speech and his speech in Memphis the night before he was tragically assassinated. But it is a impromptu speech he gave to some middle schoolers uh, on a whim that to me hold the most power. He looked at those middle school students and he said, don't you let anybody ever take away your somebodiness. And he made up a word there and it's so powerful. And he went on to say to those kids, we've probably all read it or heard it, but he said, if it falls your lot to be a street sweeper, sweep the streets like Michelangelo. And he goes on to say, sweep streets so that all the hosts of heavens look down and say, there was one of the greatest street sweepers the world has ever known. And, I, and again, I'm paraphrasing for time. But this idea of don't let anybody rob you of your somebodyness, I think is the message that I would leave. You are somebody. And more importantly, there's somebody out there who needs you. And that makes you a somebody. Hmm. Thank you. Tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find the book and anything else you got going on around. Uh, well, thank you. KenColma.com. Super easy. Uh, just to kind of see where the show is. We're on 75 radio stations, Sirius XM daily. We're on YouTube live every day. Of course, we podcast it. Um, you can buy the book there at KenColma.com. You can pre-order it now. And we've got an incredible deal. We can get that Get Clear Career Assessment, which will allow you to get a full report on talent, passion, mission, plus a purpose statement that's filled out based on your answers. And of course on Instagram at Ken Coleman, but I'm grateful, Kathy. I know you got a great, great tribe over here. It's our second time being together. Thank you. I don't take this lightly. I have thoroughly enjoyed our time together. You got a great group. They're all lit up. I, I, it's so fun to see them talking uh, here on the feed. It's so great. And uh, I just wanted to tell you, thank you because I'm not really here to sell a book. What I am here to do is to push as many people as I can possibly push to embrace who they really are because the world needs them to be them. I love it. And I think you're so generous because you have a million places you can be. And this message is so important. It's so needed. And lately I've been myself, imposter syndrome is just the most egocentric thing, right? Because Michael Jordan said, you know, the body is limited, but the mind isn't. It's limitless. And your soul, not your ego, not some narrative, not some story told you, your shoe size, your color, where you come from, your race, your skin tone, whatever. It's like who you really are, limitless. 
And I think that's what you are pointing all back to. So I hope you guys digested these words. And if you're inspired right now, take action. You know, do something with it. Tell someone else something you learned today because it will help you keep it, right? A lot of times we get inspired and then we wait to be inspired again. But you were here today for a reason. You heard this for a reason, so take it and do one little thing. What's one little thing you could do with it? Thank you, Ken, for all of this inspiration. Have a great day. I love talking with Ken. So here are the takeaways. Number one, you're on purpose when you use what you do best to do work that you love to produce results that matter to you. Number two, saying I don't know enough people is just an excuse. You already know plenty of people to meet the right people. You're not limited to your personal relationships. Number three, fear and doubt will never go away, but you can keep on moving forward. Embrace the journey. Number four, be adaptable and open to change. Number five, we're not working for us. In the end, it's about giving ourselves away. It's about meaning. It's about seeing that you matter in the lives of others. Number six, you are created. That means you have talent and something to offer. You're here to fill a unique role. You're needed and you must do it. And number seven, don't let anybody ever take away your somebodyness. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. I know that you have a million things to do. It means so much that you spend your time with me. We have so many good episodes coming up. So please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify and tell your friends about it. Share the episode. Say, hey, you know, I just listened to this woman, Kathy Heller, and I love her guests. Share the episode because you have no idea how much that helps us. And also it might actually really, truly inspire your friends. And don't forget, I did this incredible workshop last week. It's my favorite thing that I've ever done. It's called the happiness habit. If you want to watch this workshop, you can watch the first like 20 or 30 minutes for free, which I think will give you such a jolt. And then if you want to buy the whole two hour workshop and get this incredible workbook, you can do that as well. It's like 20 something dollars. You can go to kathyheller.com slash happy. I know that this is going to be guaranteed to make a difference. I love you guys. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you Thursday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. When your car won't start, when you broke your heart, the lights all turn to red. When you pay the cost, when your dream gets lost, spinning circles in your head.